It's now my pleasure to introduce Roger Hardy. Roger Hardy spent more than 20 years as a Middle East analyst with the BBC World Service and is the author of several books, including The Poisoned Well, Empire and its Legacy in the Middle East. And we've heard echoes of that today. Uh, most recently, and in fact, very recently, um, Roger has produced, a, written a book called The Bride, an illustrated history of Palestine, 1850 to 1948, published by Mount Orleans Press, which I commend to you. And Roger will talk to us now um, about photographs of the Nakba. Over to you, Roger. <laughs> well, hello, everybody. Um, you must forgive the plug for for my book, but in a sense, the book was the start of a journey uh, into a whole number of archives including Israeli archives, some of which were very difficult to get into and very difficult to navigate in. So what I'm going to say is really very personal. Um, and when I got to the Nakba towards the end of the book, um, I thought initially of what you might call the stock images of the Nakba. So I approached uh, Anra, um, whose uh, unique collection of photographs uh, is now digitized. Uh, I thought of news agents, news agencies who were covering the first Arab-Israeli war. Um, and they, they produced essentially war photographs, often focusing on British soldiers. But I knew in the back of my mind that there were Israeli photographers who had recorded um, the Nakba. They, of course, would have said, no, we were recording and photographing the Israeli War of Independence. But in doing the one, they were also doing the other. Now, friends said to me, what about the photographs, the Israeli photographs used in a very pioneering book published uh, just over a decade ago, From Palestine to Israel, by the Israeli researcher Ariella Azoulay. And she had taken photographs, very remarkable photographs, um, from official Israeli archives, state archives. So I was following in her footsteps, but even she had found some of these archives pretty difficult to access. And as a sign of frustration, she'd published a number of empty boxes indicating pictures that she'd not been allowed to publish. Uh, if I don't run out of time, I'm going to show you today one of those pictures. Uh, that she was not allowed to publish. Let's go to picture number one. This is, as many of you will know, I think, Ramla in July 1948. The photographer, we know quite a lot about him. When I started researching, I discovered we knew plenty about him. He was uh, one of the most distinguished of the Israeli photojournalists, Benno Rothenberg. Uh, Rothenberg worked quite closely with the Haganah and had, in some sense, a privileged access 
uh, to the wall, to the Nakba. So here, uh, Ramla has been conquered. The first thing is always to separate men from the women. And so this shows quite graphically the surrender of, of Ramla. If we go to picture two, can we go to picture two? We see what happened to some of those men after their surrender. This is a different photographer, again, an Israeli official photographer called David Eldan. And after the surrender and the, after the separation of the men from the women and children, the men were penned up behind barbed wire uh, prior to their eventual expulsion. You may say correctly, I think, that there's a propagandistic element to the photograph. Oh, we're so kind, uh, the, the Israeli soldier is in the background, and he's obviously allowing these boys to give water to uh, the men of Ramallah, who are in incorrectly described in the caption to the photo. They're described as prisoners of war, POWs. They were not, they were civilians. If we go to picture three, we get a more intimate family portrait of a family clearly in a great hurry preparing to leave for their enforced departure. This is a third Israeli photographer, again, got a very distinguished one called Boris Kami. Look at how the boy uh, on center right there is staring sullenly at the phot photographer. As many of you know, this family was part of at least 40,000 Palestinians who were expelled from Ramla and the neighboring town of uh, 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 Lida. Uh, more than 40,000 Palestinians were expelled from those two towns in one of the biggest expulsions of its kind. If we go to picture four, we move from Ramla. Now you may have seen this picture perhaps on the, on the internet, maybe. Uh, you may have seen it in Ariella Azoulay's book. These are usually described as the women and children of Tantura, the coastal village of Tantura. But in fact, they'd been moved around more than once from one place to another by the Israelis. And here they're at the border crossing point. They're about to go to Tulkarem which was under Jordanian control. This first image is what I would call a classic refugee shot. The refugees are in the foreground and you get a very vivid image of the women carrying their bags, carrying their children. The next photo, if we can turn to, uh, to that, is the same shot, but look at those anti-tank barriers, sadly rather topical because of the war in, in Ukraine. And this is, a, again, an official photographer, um, Paul Goldman. And he chose to put the women and children further back into the picture. And so these brutal lumps of metal are, are uh, uh, thrust forward, as it were, against them. If you look at the back of the picture on the back left, there is the bus. Um, that has taken them from their last place of uh, detention to this border crossing called Birburim. Um, and 
Goldman's own caption reads, expulsion of women and children to Tulkarum, 1948. Now, in many cases, we don't know what happened to these pictures. And in many cases, it looks very much as if they were not published because this was not, these were not the images that newspaper editors or government agencies wanted to publish. But in this case, it was published in a rather prominent weekly uh, in June 1948. And the caption was changed to read, Arab women with their children were returned to Arab territory. Well, returned, Arabs being returned, quote unquote, to another Arab territory, Jordan. Uh, so that must be all right, mustn't it? By the way, this expulsion was viewed not only by photographers, several Israeli photographers, but by the United Nations and the Red Cross. If we go to the next picture, picture six, I think it is, we come to a scene which, to the best of my knowledge, was not witnessed by uh, uh, the United Nations and the Red Cross. It's the small village of uh, Iraq al Manshia in southern Palestine, where there'd been fighting between the Israeli and Egyptian forces. After the Egyptians were defeated and expelled in 1948, a few months later, I think probably in early 1949, um, the inhabitants of Iraq al Manshia were expelled and the village was then razed to the ground. If you've seen this picture, it's almost certainly uh, in Ariella Azoulay's book. The photographer is again Benno Rothenberg. He uh, took a whole series of shots of this village. And as far as Israel was concerned, these images by Rothenberg were not published until some six decades after the event they describe. By then, Rothenberg himself was in his 90s and he gave his permission uh, to use them. My strong guess is at the time he kept them back. He knew what would happen if he submitted them, but he then thought, well, 60 years on, um, I want to show the pictures that I took. Um, he, he could, after all, have suppressed them or even destroyed them, but he didn't. I'm glad to say now, and this is a change since the, the days when that book From Palestine to Israel was published, there's been some change for the better as far as these Israeli archives are concerned. After strong lobbying, really, by the Israeli branch of Wikimedia Commons, we all know Wikipedia, Wikimedia Commons are dedicated to putting images, all kinds of images into the public domain. This picture and the other pictures of Iraq al Manshir uh, are in the public domain, I'm gl very glad to say. If we go to picture seven, this is, and again, I will link this to uh, th this issue of making pictures available. The public domain means researchers like me can get hold of these pictures, preferably in good resolution and preferably without spending a whole bundle of money to do so, and then reproduce them in a magazine, newspaper, book, whatever it may be. This is Majdal in 1950. 
It's not as well known as it should be, I think, that the expulsions associated with the Nakba continued into 1950. Majdal, of course, had been renamed by the Israelis with its ancient name, Ashkelon. The town, um, many of the Arab inhabitants had already gone, but there was quite a degree of contention about what should happen to those who remained. Moshe Dayan was in charge of the final evacuation of the Arabs of Majdal, by now Ashkelon, and Dayan insisted that this evacuation was entirely voluntary. Benno Rothenberg's picture, and it's Rothenberg again, tells a different story. The remaining inhabitants, the remaining Arabs of, of, of Majdal were both bribed and coerced into leaving. You see the sacks in the picture? An Israeli official, I'm not sure if one is Israeli, one is an Arab perhaps for translation purposes, but anyway, the Israeli, I think the one with the glasses, is handing over sacks of money to the Arab who's being told to leave. This is one of the pictures that Ariella Azoulay was not allowed to publish. And so I'm particularly pleased, and I think others should be pleased, that it is now in the public domain. Though if you go to Wikipedia, I beg your pardon, Wikimedia Commons, the caption in English and the caption in Hebrew are less than instructive. They do not tell you. Um, uh, what I'm telling you now. Um, I still have a couple of minutes, so I'll turn to a, a pictures of a slightly different kind, some of which incidentally are in the book. Um, in the book, um, I use probably two dozen or more pictures from Israeli archives, but going back from the 1930s up until uh, the Nakba, um, and I try to contextualize those pictures uh, and talk about them uh, in the book. But if we turn to picture eight, this is a different photographer, and this is what I call the archaeology of the Nakba. In other words, what happened to the villages from which the Arab inhabitants had either fled or been expelled? Well, the buildings you see are the houses of the people. Um, my pronunciation probably faulty here of Einhod, Einhod, which the Israelis named Einhod, and today it's an artist's uh, colony. Someone somewhere is going to correct me here, but the, the Israelis kept the name similar. And these are Moroccan Jewish immigrants. These women are Jews from Morocco. The photographer is one of the most prolific photographers, and he was a master, really, of what we can only call Zionist photography. Uh, to put it simply, I think uh, Zoltan Kluger, the photographer, and the official organizations commissioning him, paying him to take these pictures, they see this as a positive picture, the ingathering of the Jews into the new fledgling state of Israel. I don't think they're much interested in those houses at the top there, they are a kind of backdrop to the picture. We, however, 
interested in the Nakba can perhaps view them in a different way. And in particular, we can view in a different way the next picture, the last picture, um, uh, which is of the village. This is again 1949, the village of Deir al Qasi near the border with Lebanon. This is again Zoltal Kluger. And again, I think his uh, paymasters would have thought this is good work. Who are these kids? They are newly arrived immigrant children from Kurdistan. And uh, in the, at the top of the hill, again, to me, this contrast, the positive from an Israeli point of view, the negative from a Palestinian Arab point of view, these are the houses of the village, the old village of Deir al Qasi. So Kluger was the master of the stage scene. Immigrants dancing in new Jewish settlements had been a staple of his earlier work in the 1930s and 40s before, before 1948. In the past, they'd probably been uh, Russians or Poles. Now they were from Kurdistan. Well, whatever Kluger and his bosses thought about this picture, as I say, they may well have thought that it was a, a, an upbeat picture. I think we are free now to read the picture in another way. A refugee from Nazi Germany, Kluger, he was Hungarian born, but he earned learned his craft of photography in, Ber in Berlin and had escaped from Germany, Nazi Germany to Palestine. A refugee from Nazi Germany is photographing newly arrived Kurdish refugees in a village whose original inhabitants are now refugees in United Nations camps. Thank you very much. Thank you very much indeed, Roger. It's a pleasure to see you and a pleasure to, well, instructive as well as a pleasure to see your photographs. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. What, what I will do, Roger, is forward to you a couple of questions that came into the chat, um, not for use uh, immediately, but um, Nada Pretnar asked about Palestinian photographers uh, and their role um, and named a few. And uh, M.R. Kreienstein asked a big question about BBC impartiality and coverage of Ukraine compared with coverage of Palestine. I will send them to you um, in, in the uh, aftermath of, uh, of today. 